Okay, so it's a nice topic. Marriage, marriage and church. church. So I sent the outlines uh, already. Okay, um, uh, with that, uh, marriage and the church. Okay, so in light of this, we're gonna see. Uh, so uh, what I'm gonna be teaching overseas is actually gonna be two sessions on marriage and the church. Um, the first one is, which is gonna be tonight, is why do you need the church? Okay, uh, I know tonight, um, you know, over half the guys here were were single, but I want to even just for all those that are single um, to know ahead of time if God ever leads to marriage. Okay, um, that you also realize that the church is not a means to find a spouse or whatever, but upon finding a spouse that there is a role of the church, okay? Uh, so two weeks from uh, from now, um, you know, we'll look at the topic of marriage and the church again, but more of our role, even if you are married, if you're a husband, what is your role even in the church, okay? Um, how the church needs you. But let me caveat that. The church really doesn't need any one of us, right? Um, we're saved by grace, but in the sense that we're all part of one body, right? We all have gifts. That's in the sense... Uh, relative sense of need. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Okay. So in light of this, we're going to be going over the first part is your marriage in the church. Today we're going to see um, four reasons. How many reasons? Four. Four. Why your marriage needs to be involved with the church so that you grow in God through the church as part of your life. Okay. So this is more of saying our, the churches, people who are married needs the uh, what? The church. Okay. Uh, these are the four reasons. If you guys look at the outlines tonight um, the, from the link I sent. Reason number one is... Oh. Okay. Uh, so reason number one, we're going to be uh, going... Uh, is why we need the church, if you're married, is... Going to sh church shows your family that God is what? Important. Okay? It shows that God is important. Hold real quick. Let me get you real quick here. So, uh, point number one is going to church shows your family that um, the church uh, is important, or, or God is important, right? Uh, that's a more practical thing, aspect of it. Okay, point number two is going to be husbands learn God's word through the church, okay? Uh, part of it is husbands are practically what? Uh, are the pastors in every family, yes? Uh, in the sense of responsibility of teaching God's word, right? Um, so in light of that, um, that's going to be important, okay? Uh, and then number reason number three is wives benefit from the husband authority of the church, okay? Wives benefit from uh, the their husband under the authority of who? The church, okay? So we see that's uh, why it's important. And reason number four, the church encourage and guide those who are what? Married, okay? The church encourage and guide those who are married okay um, so we're going to be uh, looking at this uh, uh, part okay so with this let's go to reason number one uh, why we need the church um, is we need to uh, going to church if you're married and by the way it starts with being single right faithful and little faithful and what much okay um, is it easier to go to church single or married depends right but relatively speaking generally speaking is it easier 
as single or married? What do you guys think? I think may maybe married. Okay. Uh, you, you guys realize my wife have, uh, have to wake up much earlier now for us to prepare to go to where? Church. Okay. Then when it was just the two of us with no kids. True or not? When it's just myself, oh, I just get out myself. Okay. Then with each other, it's harder. Courtney would too. Then now with kids, it's even more harder. Okay. So, but then you start being faithful even now. Okay. Uh, so going to church shows your family that God is important. Okay. Let's turn with me real quick. Uh, turn with me Psalm 16. Turn with me Psalm 16, verses 2 to 3. When we get there, um, Psalm 16, verses 2 to 3. Okay, and then Josh, when you get there, would you be able to read God's Word? Verse uh, 2. Mm -hmm. I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good besides you, as for the, earth, the saints who are in the earth. They are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who... Okay, well, yeah, stop there. Two to three, okay? So, in this verse, uh, we mentioned, we looked at it a few weeks ago, saints refer to who? Uh, some commentaries say it must be angels, but I don't think it's angels because what? It's saints in where? It even says um, where they're in the earth, right? Okay? Uh, so, I think it's referring to believers. Uh, this individual here, David, speaking, is saying that he's delighted with who? The, the believers, okay? So, if you're a true believer, I think there's a sense that you love God, and therefore, because you love God, out of the abundance of your love for God, you start loving who? God's people, the believers, the church, okay? So I think this is one of the reasons why it's important going to church shows practically your what? Your love for others, you know? Uh, your love for others, okay? Um, and your love for God that's communicated to you, your spouse and kids, okay? God's Word also prohibits the neglecting of uh, fellowship of believers, okay? Uh, Hebrews 10.25 If you guys could turn to Hebrews 10.25 Hebrews 10.25 uh, Yeah, Hebrews 10.25 Oh, you ready to read that? Uh, not forsaking our own assembly Together as is the habit of some But encouraging one another And all the more as you see the day drawing near Yeah So God sees it as a bad habit of, of what? We are forsaking others Okay uh, Assembling together And scripture mentioned though Unfortunately that these are a habit of some Okay we should therefore obey God and go to church. And when we obey, uh, our spouse and family do see who is important. God is important, okay? Uh, so I think that's important. By the way, I think this verse is so important for me. I always feel it's better to be late than not to show up at all, okay? Uh, it's better to be late than not to show up at all. Um, and you don't want to, okay, make one mistake feel like you're late already. Then, oh, okay, then I'm going to make two by not going totally, okay? So here... Uh, or two decisions for that. So here it sees the importance of what? Uh, not forsaking, assembling with one another. Okay? Um, watch out also that marriage doesn't become an excuse not to be with God's people. Because sometimes people use marriage as an excuse not to be close to God. Yeah. Or with God's people, the church. Okay? Um, so turn with me for this. This part really is, uh, at least for me, really stood out to me. Is Luke chapter 14, verse 20. Okay? Luke chapter 14, verse 20. Luke chapter 14. Uh, Mr. Burton, would you be able to read Luke chapter 14, verse 20? Luke chapter 14, verse 20. Another woman said, I married a wife. 
Yeah. So by way of context, this is preach, Jesus preaching, okay? Uh, earlier in verses 15, uh, someone said, if you look at verse 15, someone says, Blessed is everyone who will eat in the uh, bread in the kingdom of God, okay? So the theme was why Jesus starts telling this parable is because they're talking about the kingdom of what? Of God. Let me ask you guys this question. What is the kingdom of God? Is there, uh, is there an aspect the kingdom of God is already here? Yes or no? Yes. yes. Is there a kingdom of God that's still future? Yes, right? It's not fully manifested. But there's a sense where the kingdom of God is associated with what? The people of God already, okay? Uh, that's where Luke 17, 21. Uh, I'm going to turn there real quick. Put your pinky or thumb in 14, but we'll get, come back to that. But Luke 17, verse 21, this is what it says, okay? Uh, Nor would they say, look, here it is, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is in your way. Among believers, okay? So if you guys could turn back with me to Luke chapter 14, verse 20. When he's telling this story here, he's saying about those that would not be coming to the kingdom of God. They're making excuses, right? Uh, this is a story about a master who's throwing a party, inviting everyone. And some people decide to what? Have various excuses, right? Some say, I have property. Verse 20, another said, I've married a wife. And for this reason, I cannot what? Come, okay? So we're looking at the role. Um, at the, so for our topic tonight on the marriage and the church, the role of uh, family and the church, we see for establishing point number one, that going to church shows your uh, family is important. It's also showed that, you know, as much as we talk a lot about marriage, I hope it never becomes marriage becomes an idol. Our heart is so sinful, we make good things into idol, yes? Uh, having a wife is a good thing, but could people make it the idea of getting a wife an idol? Or even a wife, yeah. So marriage is the same thing, but don't let it be you get a wife, and therefore you'll never ever see you at church again. And it resolves being single, being decided on that. Okay, I remember being single thinking, I need to resolve that I be, still be a man of the church, even with family, with kids. doesn't mean I neglect my role uh, in the family, but also must put God first. That means sometimes being having my, when I'm not at church, certain things what, in order. Does that make sense? Um, with that, okay? Uh, so Jesus told this parable, and it makes it very clear that people here are making excuses, okay? Um, and yet we see that this is not something we should have. So as application, so reason number one, in terms of the relationship of your marriage and the church, and tonight's really we're focusing on why our marriage needs the church. Reason number one I think we've established from these verses is going to church shows your family that God is what? Important, okay? Think about it very tangibly. Think about it very practically, too. Um, you, I know, like, sometimes we say it's not about, you know, going to the pews is... is is, is, there's got to be more than going to the, sitting down in the pew at church that's true but there's a sense that also conveyed this uh, I talked to Rebecca and Abigail Hannah sometimes on Saturday night before we go to church you guys realize churches Sundays is very long for Nancy um, I actually I think in my marriage Nancy's the better half because I don't always get to be what helping Nancy with the girls on Sunday because why I'm busy with what <laughs> I tell my girls God's children okay uh, you know, with the church, okay? Uh, so some Saturday nights I have to tell the girls, hey, you know, tomorrow's going to be a long day, uh, but I really want you guys to really try harder to behave. Now, why is that important? And I'll ask them. And then they'll say what? Because we're doing it for who? For God, okay? So you, in some very practical way, communicating to your family, to your spouse, is going to church is important, okay? Uh, going, even a child could understand that, okay? So as application... Um, like we saw from Luke fourteen twenty, don't let it be that marriage becomes an excuse that take you away from church, God, and others. Okay, 
Um, secondly, remember Luke, uh, Hebrews 10.25, we saw earlier, okay? And remember how I mentioned that some are in that habit, not assembling? Uh, I hope that won't be us, okay? Um, but if we do struggle with that, does God forgive and does God work in us? Yeah, go to Him first, confess and ask God for His grace, okay? Also, sometimes people can think, uh, I've been going to church for a long time, and since I'm older, I don't need to go anymore. Uh, you see this when people sometimes are older. People say, you know what, I've heard it all. I've, I've heard it all already. I know what the pastor preached, and the pastor's preaching the same old thing. Um, wouldn't that be so sad, I think? is one of the saddest things, that Christ would die for you, and you think that's the same old thing. Okay? By the way, there comes a point when we're old enough, we should start be what? Teaching. Okay? In fact, I think sometimes we think we know something until what? We have to teach it again. You, know? um, you guys know that this upcoming trip is actually my third time this country asked me to teach on marriage. By the third time, I feel like, uh, but then just when I say, oh, I got this. I taught so many sessions. Then I realized, wait, I can't. That's so dangerous. Uh, I don't have it again. I'm still young. But every time I study more, I discover, wow, there's so much more. What? So I feel like the one that benefited the most is myself. But then you, just when you think you mastered it, you really don't until you teach it. Same thing. Okay? Uh, we don't really know something deeply until we really are what? Teaching it. And then dealing with people's questions. And then you really are showing how much you really genuinely do know. Okay, and you can still grow. So don't make that excuse of saying, okay, when we're older, oh, I've heard it before, I've been in church 20 years since I was five, or whatever, and therefore I don't need to go. Um, but rather go, okay, and be able to assemble. And as it says in Hebrews 10, 25, it says, as a day draw near, right? All the more as the day, that is the day of the Lord. Now we're closer to the end times than when uh, 2,000 years ago. How much more so we should assemble, Okay. By the way, assembling there, it also says what? Neglecting, not neglecting fellowship. So we shouldn't be going to church just as spectators. But God wants us to be what? Encouraging one another. Listen, every one of us on church on Sunday, we should be doing something. Okay? Um, there should be no, no such thing as another Sunday. I didn't do anything. Every one of us go. You might not be the preacher, the teacher. You not, might not be reading scripture this week. But you could always talk to someone and say, How are you doing? And ask, What is it you're learning? Um, and all and, and things okay. And sometimes I think the best thing is uh, is asking right questions. How are you doing spiritually? Is one. Uh, or if they answer already, say no. Really, how are you? What doing? Another question is what has God been teaching you lately? Or what have you been reading from God's word? If they say nothing, then don't say oh see I don't have I can't encourage anyone because they didn't read the word of God. Then go next and say what has God been teaching you? You'll be so surprised. I've always been pleasantly surprised since I started this. Even when I ask, hey, what have you been reading from Scripture? If they say nothing, when I ask the next question, what has God been teaching you? And guess what? Is God still teaching them stuff? Yeah, using the means of providence. Uh, sometimes even from what they remember, learn, and looking at their life experience, what they're going through. So don't just stop there. Be purposeful, intentional to hear, listen, and encourage also as well, okay? Um, for those who don't go to church regularly, what do you, uh, I think it's always good to ask the question, what do you do on Sundays instead of going to church? That's probably more important to you practically than God. Even though you might say, of course, God's first, but it might even be your functional God or idol. Right? And the first thing I think, first thing is not just go to church first. I would say the first thing when we do identify an idol, it is a sin. What's the first thing we always do with sin? When we always confess to God. Okay? I think we always are so quick, what? oh, that's wrong, I'm going to change. And we do what is right. But I actually think the first step is always confessing to God first. Knowing that sin, sins should deserve makes us deserve hell. And Christ already died. It. it should make us grateful to be restored of our relationship with God. And first, John one nine. Once we confess, we're renewed. Then we can be able to do that. Okay. 
Ultimately, we need to see the root of why we go to church. If you delight in God, you delight in God's people. That's what we saw from Psalm 16, verse 1 to 2, or 2 to 3 earlier, okay? So let's go to number, uh, uh, reason number 2, which is what? Husbands learn God's word, word through the church. church, okay? Let me ask you guys this question, since we're all men here tonight. When we're married, who, uh, God says marriage, a husband and a wife, reflects the relationship of God and the church. Question. Which, which spouse reflects Christ? Which the spouse? Husband. The husband. Good. Okay. Uh, and Hebrew, uh, Ephesians uh, five twenty five makes it very clear that pastors. Uh, a correction. In some ways, husbands are almost like pastors. You're washing with the Word of God. Okay. But first, I think you must master washing the Word of God for yourself, self confrontation, and preaching the gospel to yourself daily. Right. Um, but in light of this, what happens? Let me ask you guys this question: Is it possible that a wife might know might know more than the husband? Okay, uh, should they still be married? Yes. Okay, you don't say quit. Okay, but at the same time, the husband should definitely be what working on growing. Okay. Right. Now, I don't think knowledge of God's word is the only thing that makes us a leader. Because in churches, are there some ch- in churches are there some churches where there's individuals in the church that knows more than the pastor? Is it possible? Yeah. Some right. Some churches have professors, full-time professors. They just are not a full-time pastor, okay? Would they know more of the Bible than the pastor? Yeah, or hopefully, yes, okay? But at the same time, uh, it's uh, leading is more than that. But at the same time, you also do really need to be skilled in God's Word. So how then does a man become a leader if suddenly he's married and his wife, what, knows more? And by the way, this is probably uh, real life, okay? Uh, because sometimes when you look at a lot of ch- our church is an exception, but if you go to most churches, who are often the ones that are involved in leadership? Which gender? Who's the one that's there for every prayer meeting, for every Sunday school, and every small group, and working and organizing everything, often in other churches? Which gender? Male or female? Ladies. The ladies. Okay? So the reality of them marrying someone that might not be as committed or knowledgeable of Scripture is real. But what do you do? So this is where the church, listen, the church is a great vehicle, okay? Husband learns God's word through church. If you're realizing you're leading and your wife knows more, then where do you learn deeper God's Word? Through the church, okay? Uh, let's turn with me to Ephesians 4. Uh, correction. Is it 4 or Actually, five? it should be Ephesians 5. Okay. I was going to ask about that. Would so you want to? Yeah. yeah. It's 5, right? Yeah, Ephesians four. 5. Uh, Dao, would you be able to read Ephesians 5, 25 to 27? So this is very important. You know? Would it be appealing if a wife never showered? What do you guys think? <laughs> Would you guys really want to be with someone that never showered at all? Housekeeper. Say again? Housekeeper. Housekeeper? Ooh, this is okay. Yeah, it should not be, right? Uh, but scripturally speaking, being washed by the Word of God is like taking a bath. But God's word says, oh, you don't just blame the wife or whatever else. Whose responsibility is that? Each 
Who's the housekeeper now, right? But it, it's a husband of that, right? So spiritually, sometimes some marriage problems is because we're not going through the Word. And then before we say, hey, how come my wife, she's changed for the negative, we might actually be the one. So we need to be the one that's actively in the Word, okay? We need to ask God for grace to wash her. But what happens if you need to grow? By the way, you cannot grow stagnant. Even with leading, uh, sometimes our spouse, we can say the same thing and they're used to it. I think preachers should always be growing also as well, okay? Uh, even all of it, if you're in the Word, okay? So where do you go to grow deeper in the Word? Is God's given us teacher. Let's turn to Ephesians 4 now. So the previous chapter, chapter 4, verses 11 to 12. Uh, Jin, would you be able to read uh, Ephesians 4, 11 to 12? gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Yeah. So there's all these different roles given, spiritual gifts. But notice here mentioned pastors and what? Teachers, okay? I'll be honest. I love our church retreat when it's in-house. The English side when it's... When I hear Mr. Burton open the Word of God, when I hear Victor, when I hear you guys on Saturday, Okay. Uh, I would actually listen to them, you guys than John MacArthur. Okay, I don't think I'll drive that far to hear him. Okay, I can listen to him on podcast. But besides that, but to be honest with you, you know why? It's very different. Uh, my favorite teacher at church, I, I know I'm reviewing my advice, I really love Victor's teaching. You know why? Because I know that man has looked at the Word of God and he takes it seriously. He studied. I appreciate Mr. Burton opening when he shows how the Old Testament points towards Christ. Because why? Not only is it, is it because it's preaching God's Word, it's because I know the people and they're opening their word, their lives, right? Never forget that the word of God, when we preach and teach, is often Velcro by our life example, okay? Um, this is why you can never replace a pastor with a podcast, okay? You can never replace... Paul Washer is not your pastor, okay? Steve Lawson is not your pastor. Those guys are great. They'll say the same thing too. That's why Hard Cry has been referring all these people to, to TCAC for next year, right? It's because the reality is you cannot just listen to podcasts, you need to, when you come to the States, you're going to have to go to a church that's your pastor there, okay? Even if he doesn't sound like J-Mac. I don't sound like J-Mac. I don't, I'm not as uh, passionate as Washer. But that's important to live through a life, through a personality. And God has given us teachers for that so that we could be equipped to be able to lead our, uh, our spouse, okay? So as application, husbands, when you're listening to God's Word on Sunday, take notes, Okay? Use it to talk to your wife and kids, which you learn, and also ask them questions of how they would apply. So what I do practically, this is the role, is I also don't just want to be um, only during the week. I try to use everything possible, right? I ask my girls, hey, what did you learn from Sunday school? What did you learn here? And then I'm asking and reflecting. So sometimes when you're using sermon notes, you could also what? Use that. Or it's, all, it's like a microwavable Bible study, okay? Family worship. It's, it's, it's fasted to ramen. Ramen needs what? Hot water, well, four or five minutes, and then you pour it in for another four or five minutes, right? This is instant, okay? You just reflect it. Now you say, oh, it's not original to me. This is what I reflect in a sermon. But you always would apply it better than your pastor. Because why? You know your family situation better. And the pastor is preaching to a whole group of people of different life stations. So you would, or where you would be the strength is actually applying it even for more specific what situations, okay? Let's just say pastor is preaching on do not lie. He'll give some example of work life, not cheating your boss, uh, family life. But when you talk to your kids, now you get very, very what? Good in application. Because now it's very specific application, okay? 
Husband, don't just take note, but also write down further observation and application from what you hear on Sunday sermon. So sometimes you listen, it's really make a good point, and you think, oh, there's even more application? Then you write it down. Does that make sense? You write it down and say your own, so that when you teach, when you reflect it, the best thing you teach your kid is say, oh, I heard this is, this is what the pastor says, but I noticed some more thoughts. And will you notice more things? Yes. You realize, uh, I think from all the things I study up for sermons, I think uh, probably 50% of the stuff that I discover makes it to Sunday sermon. There's so many other gr- grammatical observations that I don't because what? It takes away from the main point. Does that make sense? I, uh, and I have to apply. Uh, and I have to stick to the main point. But there's still so many gold. So when you see those other gold nuggets, share that and share the application, okay? Um, also, I would encourage you guys um, to go beyond the Lord's Day. Uh, I'm a pastor that's willing to meet with people with you guys to grow together deeper into God's Word, okay? With opening books and stuff like that. Just make sure you're committed with that, and I will be as well. And I could do a better job with that too. Let me say this too, okay? Uh, I could overextend myself at times. But also seek the opportunity to ask them questions, okay? Ask them questions. Write down questions your spouse and kids might have. Don't just tell, you know, let's just say your wife, say, hey, I have a question. Say, I don't know. Am I the pastor? Go talk to Jimmy. Don't, don't, don't do that. Say, you know, you know, that's a good question. Let me think about it. Let me find out. Let me research you're going to do your own research, but then you still talk to your pastor. Does that make sense? Uh, and I think that's healthy, okay? Uh, that's healthy. By the way, if Wendy, let's just say example, Wendy Noel comes to me all the time with a Bible question, what do you eventually I'm going to ask her to do? Talk to their husband. Learn from them. And then I will talk to the guys because what? I don't want to undermine the shepherding. Does that make sense? Uh, it should be that the family velcros strengthen the church and the church uh, is strengthened by the families. We don't want to undermine that also as well. Does that make sense? So this is where it's important, okay? Uh, husband, when there's a chance to learn God's Word deeper, like a conference or special meeting or retreat, go for it, okay? Learn deeper, you know? Learn deeper. There's so much to God's Word. There's so much. I just wish I had more hours of the day to walk and read, okay? I really genuinely feel that. There's so much depth and beauty to theology and God's Word. So anytime you have the opportunity, take advantage of that, okay? Uh, by the way, this upcoming retreat, I'm actually really thinking about going over the Trinity, but like multiple sessions, not just like four sessions. Like will be a lot, a little bit more like Asia, just so that, man, there's so many beautiful things for the Trinity, okay? So many things I want to go deeper that actually makes me worship God more. And when I worship God more, I am more able to resist sin. Because I see the beauty of God compared to the false false image of the lies of sin. That sin says, oh, this is very beautiful, right? Okay. Um, So let's go to number three uh, for the sake of time. Reason number three, this is again why your family, your marriage needs a church, okay? Reason number three is wives benefit from the husband and the authority of the church, okay? The Bible teaches that the biblical headship of the husband in marriage, okay? It's very clear. Let's turn with me to 1 Corinthians 11, 3. Uh, where do we stop off at? Um, Ginny already read, right? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, actually, we'll go back to Josh. Josh looks like he's eager. 1 Corinthians 11, 3, okay? 11, 3. Mm-hmm. But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of every uh, of a woman. Mm-hmm. Thank and you. God is the head of of Christ. Yeah. Sometimes you'll hear people say the idea that man is a leader is what? 
it's a it's a cultural thing. Paul is reading Greco-Roman Mediterranean culture. But if you catch verse 3, does he say this is what our society does as the basis for male headship? No. What does he compare it to? That Christ is the head of every man. Is that true? Yes, okay. Is God the head of Christ? Yeah, okay. God the Father is the head of Christ. Even though they're equal in nature, but they play a different role. You see, when you realize that, actually for me, this is why the Trinity is so beautiful. When I understand there's... Um, relationship you guys realize the son submitted to the father you know how long did he submitted to the father as long as he'd been around that means for eternity he's always submitted to the father for us sometimes we think oh if I submit for a little bit then later on I will no longer submit right I don't have to but the example of Christ is so amazing it makes me say you know even when things are difficult under certain management under certain pastor whatever else I will submit because what look at Christ what a beautiful model with that. By the way, there is a sense where it's equal in nature. Just like a husband and wife, are they equal in nature? Yeah, they have equal standing, but they play a different role. And some people say, oh, that's not right. Well, then are you willing to say the father and son are not equal? There's passages that say they are. But then here it says the same thing here. God is the head of Christ, God the Father. Okay. So there is different roles, um, what in theology is called economic roles. Um, there is uh, subordination. But for the sake of our salvation, working our salvation. But there is what? In ontologically, that is by nature, by your very essence, they're equal. Both are equally what? Divine, Father and Son. Okay? Go ahead. Um, when it says in Corinthians 11, mm-hmm. uh, Corinthians, that uh, God is the head of Christ, and then Christ is the head of man, and then man is the head of a woman. It's yeah. not the head of every woman right? no not of every woman it's Although, just one yeah, the, Hebrew, the Greek word for a woman here I think is best translated wife it's often synonymous with wife okay so it's not every so you can't be like walking the street and then you look at a woman walking by and say hey I'm in charge of you to make me a sandwich woman that you'll be crazy it's not your I think the Bible also makes federalism what is federalism is divide uh, power is not under one central thing it's spread out uh, uh, it's like a uh, marble cake federalism Right, um, there's different families. Okay, for instance, let's just say my neighbor. If they are really rough with their kids, I mean, I'm not. I'm talking about abuse, but the way they parent is not, might not be the way I parent. But does that mean I go and tell the kids that the parents are wrong? No, that's their their thing. Does that make sense? I'm not in charge of that. Does that make sense? Um, so here, in the same way, we see that. Okay, good question though for clarity. Okay, so in light of this, what happens though if the husband uh, is a bad leader? Well, what happens then if the husbands still need to learn and see a good model of being a leader, a servant leader. Where does, where does the benefit come from, from coming, going to the church? Why is benefit when the husbands are under the authority of the church, okay? Um, why is benefit from the husband under the authority of the church, okay? Where there will be times where I would have to say, you know what, Mr. So-and-so who's married, I think this time, it's not your wife is wrong. I think she's wrong. Everyone has a shared blame, but you got to see this is your responsibility. Does that make sense? And that's actually good and healthy for who? The marriage also as well sometimes, okay? Um, it's also a place where you model servant leadership. Uh, I really do believe that the biggest training ground for my marriage is actually the church. When you minister to difficult people, when you love difficult people, people that might not be as grateful, that makes me realize, whoa, when I come home, Wow, my marriage looks like such a beautiful thing. 
that there is a say and there's changes that happen. But it makes me endure long suffering. Um, to be long suffering, even with people that would not respect your authority. Okay, so as application, Luke fourteen twenty, we see the importance of not letting. Uh, oops, sorry, wrong page. Uh, so we're seeing now here. Um, husband is remember. Husband never has ultimate authority. You guys realize that it's a delegated, derived authority from so long he's doing God's work. But in all of life, does that mean um, a man's never under any authority? No. Every man, every one of us is under authority. Whose authority are we under, guys? Whose authority are we under? God's authority. God's authority. Okay. Who else? Leaders of the church. Government. Right. Romans thirteen. We must submit to government. So every one of us are always under every authority. And by the way, even my view of ecclesiology, doctrine of churches, I also believe leaders are accountable to what? The congregation. Okay? Uh, biblical congregationalism. Okay? That's going on. There is an accountability. Okay? There is an accountability. I have a question. Um, go ahead. Can we also say Catholics are under the, like, submitting to the authority of their priests, like yeah. the... Of yeah. the all black and then yeah. when the Pope arrives they're also under the authority of the Pope yeah so I think this uh, I do think Catholicism has an unbiblical view of authority um, so they're a, a, so for us a solo scriptura by scripture alone they um, they would always dispute solo scriptura by saying it's both the magisterium that is the church leadership in light of uh, their interpretation of tradition also as well but I think right now they're actually paying a cost for that uh, it's very hard to be conservative Catholic today because why? Is this current Pope conservative or very opposite of conservative? What do you guys think? Anyone else? He's actually very progressive, okay? Um, in fact, he is now packing uh, the Catholic Church with a lot of very progressive cardinal, okay? The reality one day that the Catholic Church might be pro-LGBT, for instance, um, might be even married Catholic priests, very real. Right now, as we're speaking, in Brazil, in the Amazon, they're having a, a conference, even saying Central America is suffering a crisis. They're asking, could we have a limited duration where we have such thing as married priests? But their agenda, at least the conservative one believes, is trying to make it all white. Okay? I'm bringing, by the way, I do believe pastors should marry, or it's, they, they should, they, they're allowed, permitted to marry, but they don't. But I'm just trying to say that because they're unbiblical institution that's so built upon the Pope, then I think now they're paying a cost. You pick the wrong person, then boom. Does that make sense? Whereas I feel the best way of authority is biblical, right? That it's spread out, delegated, okay? There's, if you realize, um, churches, um, what's above the authority of each church? I would actually say it's not even, I know, I'm, I know I'm in a denomination, but I actually don't even think the denomination has a final authority. I think it's each local church, okay? Each local, just like there's each individual family. Does that make sense? I could go to this family and tell them, I think, you know, hey, you guys have an issue, but I can't, like, run it like I'm the husband. Does that make sense? Or father. So the same way, I think that's, God has built that to avoid corruption. Uh, you know, if you have top-down, it's very easy. Satan's always does that brow history uh, with that kind of thing. We could talk even more, maybe one of these days, a biblical series on the church and leadership, okay? Um, that might be very practical and good for us, okay? So let's go on um, with that. Um, so as application... You know, we need to learn to be under submitting to leaders, okay? Um, Hebrews 13, 7 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them. They keep watch over your soul as they will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. You know how many, there's enough people out there that strangely think grieving their church leader is a spiritual gift. You guys realize that? 
There's some people that really think, but they mask it in a term of discernment or whatever else. But Scripture makes it clear. You want to make it where it's a joy, not a grief, okay? Uh, again, I'm not doing this with an agenda, but the Word of God does say this, okay? Obey your leader and submit to them. Uh, so long as they are biblical. So long as what they say is the Word of God and the necessary implication from God's Word, okay? But once they're beyond that, they have no jurisdiction to tell you what to do, okay? Um, so wives, I think it's good for husbands to be under uh, elders and pastors also, and that kind of thing, okay? By the way, even as a pastor, who, whose authority am I under, practically speaking? I'm under Pastor Lane. And as much as I say my theology is this, practically, so long as I'm in the denomination, I will show respect as much as possible to the denomination. Does that make sense? And General Madison, yeah. Yeah, General Madison, one point. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, our favorite general. <coughs> okay. People going to a seminary, are they also under, like, uh, John MacArthur's? Yeah. Like? Oh, yeah, when I went, uh, when they say put on a, a tie, do you think I put on a tie? You bet I put on a tie, okay? Uh, yeah, why would you want to be go there to be a rebel, okay? So, yeah, uh, yeah. even when I was in seminary, okay? Seminary had a rule, no drinking. Did I drink in seminary? I don't drink at all. But, yeah, of course, I, I did, okay? Uh, out of respect, right? Uh, uh, the proper authority, seeing that there is a need to be trained. And while you're in the institution, you're not being a troublemaker. You're, you're trying to grow biblically. Uh, unless there's things wrong, then, of course, you have to speak out, that kind of thing, okay? Uh, so wives, um, so yeah, we're all men tonight, okay? Uh, still, even with the difficulty of church, I think it's always good to go, okay? And to be under that. And pray for the leadership, okay? I think churches are very patient with young men in ministry. I have been very thankful for you guys being very patient with me. Yes? I'm very aware of that. Because when I see a TMS guy that's very young... Now that I've been in seven years, I look like, what is he doing? It's like, almost like a brand new second lieutenant, going back to the Madison world, right? A second lieutenant, you look, it's like, oh, uh, you know? But, but at the same time, the patience. But I also think your patience and loving them pays great dividends in the long run, okay? So in light of this, when husbands go to church and involve in the church, and they learn to submit to people, even though they are, what, a boot or new or green or whatever you want to call it, that's a good thing, Okay? That's a good thing, okay? By the way, I think also as well in marriage, if, uh, for the wives, if the husband comes back and work is difficult, sometimes that's good for him to know what it's like to submit. I'm not saying it's all good, but there can be a good that comes from that, okay? Let's go to reason number four. The church encourage and guide those who are married, okay? Uh, Hebrews 13.7. Hebrews 13.7. Uh, Mr. Burton, would you be able to read Hebrews 13.7? Sure. So I think this is one of the benefits of church is you imitate those who are godly, okay? Whether leaders or others. By the way, in Titus 2, 3 to 5, Titus 2, 3 to 5, it even gives an example of what? Older men being a model and a mentor and a discipler for what? Younger women who are married, okay? Showing them the ropes, the practical thing, okay? Teaching them what is good, as verse 3 says, okay? So in light of this, I think this is important, Okay? This is important, and why do we do this? According to Titus 3.5, so that the Word of God will not be dishonored, okay? 
Um, so in light of this, I think it is important that we go uh, uh, to the church for marriages. It's to encourage uh, and to guide. Okay, uh, let's turn. Let's turn to First Thessalonians five fourteen. First uh, Thessalonians five fourteen. Da, would you read First Thessalonians five fourteen? Uh, chapter five, verse fourteen. First Thessalonians five fourteen. I will urge you, brothers, to admonish the idle, urge the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with the wrong. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil. Yeah. Thank you. Always seek to do good to one another and to her. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I love this verse. Okay. Notice this verse, Paul is very clear about who the church is supposed to help. Did you see the different kinds of people? There's unruly, there's faint-hearted, weak, and everyone, okay? By the way, uh, do all the people, all these categories, are they, do you do the same thing for each one? For the unruly, what do you do? You admonish. Unruly is rebellious, okay? They know what is right, and they purposely, willfully do what is wrong, okay? They're not even struggling, oh man, I, I... you struggle this week. That's different. Okay? So what do you do with those who are unruly? You admonish, okay? But does it say you admonish the faint-hearted, the weak, and everyone? Did they say do that? No. So, by the way, we have different tools in the church, okay? If your only tool is the hammer, God bless you. Okay? If your only tool is the hammer, then God bless you because that's kind of hard to fix things around. If you, you know, if you hammer every screw, hammer everything like that, Okay? So, yeah, so there's times where you encourage, there's times where you help, okay? Uh, So, in light of this, uh, I think this is important, this is why we need the church. Now, I know in the past, I've also um, corrected some people about, like, it's important to go to church, you need it. And sometimes I hear the most most pious answer I ever hear is when people say, oh, I already have God's Word, I don't need the church. Um, But I actually think that's inadequate, because God's Word says, here, we... Uh, urge you, the brethren, to admonish, correct, and all of that. Okay, so that means we are supposed to be recipients of correction, and uh, 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 and help and counsel, and also guide others. Okay, so we need the church. Okay, you know, I've even corrected someone before that says, you know what, Jimmy, there's no Bible verse that says show up every Sunday. That's kind of true, but how do you live this out if you don't go to church at all? How do you live out all the one another's? If you ever look at Scripture, there's like sixty one another's, love one another, encourage one. Another. How do you live that out if you're just a uh, what do you call it uh, Lone Ranger Christian You won't You could be committing The sin of omission Not doing things But here I bring this up As to say is this I think the better analogy Is think is this The church is like A map Okay The church is a map You guys ever uh, Use land navigation Map Who here likes map I actually like land navigation In the Marine Corps uh, You guys like maps right You look at it But is it enough Just to look at a map And know where you're at Is that enough no. True If it's a good map That's enough For you to know it's enough as a map But you also need what? What happens if you You know This happened before I was telling Jen the other day uh, When I was in the Marines I had this guy That was a, a gunnery sergeant And he was a really bad reader of map We were going the very opposite And then I kind of whispered him gently Hey Gunny uh, I think we're going the opposite direction And then he said Who are you devil dog? I'm an old three whatever I'm a grunt and blah 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 How long have you been in the Marine Corps? Oh, five years And he said I've been in longer than you three times Blah 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 And then we went all the way to the edge of the base and I was a, and then every other lands corp will start chuckling because we were all going the wrong direction. Then we went right went the right way. So you realize the map is not enough. What do you need to do? What else? What's another tool you have? Compass. Compass. 
to tell you where you are, right? Mm-hmm. It makes no point if your map is pointing the wrong way, right? So you need right. So I think that what the church is is like the compass. The map tells you what you need to do, but then you sometimes people do they deceive themselves. Yeah, they deceive themselves, and they deceive themselves of where they truly are at. Okay, uh, even problem solving. Sometimes the reason why people don't solve problem well is because they were good at interpreting what the problem is. Okay, sometimes people could exaggerate the problem. Right, comes like, oh, you know what? My wife is the most horrible human being. Everything they do, she ever do. Now, then if you if I exaggerate the problem. Does that help me actually solve the problem? No. That actually profound makes it even more difficult, right? So I think this is where we need each other and say, hey, Jimmy, I think now you're upset at your wife and you're just voicing all these things, but that's not an accurate, no one is that bad as the way you said it. We don't see it that way. Uh, you're wrong. You're reading it wrong. So if you're applying here, First uh, Thessalonians 5.14, admonish, then you're uh, looking at the wrong place. Yes, God's word says to admonish, but this is not applicable for your situation. Does that make sense? We need each other for the church, okay? So, if there are problems in your marriage and you have a hard time with considering God's grace um, of having passed, you know, you know, consider that God has given us the church, okay? By the way, I also think sometimes even um, others, even less spiritual, can sometimes see our situation accurately. I'm always amazed that sometimes when I'm counseling others, people say, oh, that person's problem is easy. I wish I, I had that guy's problem. So, okay, what's the guy's problem? And they describe it. Oh, wow! I think that's pretty accurate. What do you think the solution is? And they describe it. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, what do you think your problem is now? Oh, well, you know. Then they change. It's like, oh, wow, interesting, right? By the way, that's not just others. That's me too. Yes, this is where we need each other. We need each other. Okay. I could be a jerk and say, you know what? My problem is, is I don't consider people's feelings because people are so sensitive. But am I truly, really still seeing the problem accurately? No, I'm still a jerk. I don't see that way until Pastor Andrew says. Yeah, uh, Jimmy, you're a big fat jerk. So, oh, okay. Does that make sense? We need each other. We need each other in that light, okay? By the way, it's not just a place for correction. It's also a place for example and encouragement. And eventually, uh, I think for me, the better thing to see in accountability is all accountability groups eventually should evolve into discipleship. Because it shouldn't be every week you come over, hey, Pastor Jimmy, I messed up here, 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 here. Say, hey, dummy, and you feel happy, and then you go, and then you come back again. But I think the better model is you're growing to the purpose to encourage them too, okay? To also encourage those that's leading you with all of that. So I think, uh, let, me, let me back up. Accountability is good. I'm not, I'm not dissing it, but I'm, I'm saying what I'm trying to say is going, growing beyond that to be a discipling relationship. And discipling relationships give and take. You're sharing what God's taught you, and they're blessed by that, and they're sharing what God's taught you also as well. Okay, um, so I think that's important. You know, uh, I think hopefully the analogy of the compass and the map is very helpful. And that's one example I'll give the place with Himalayas. Okay, uh, so in light of this, we need all these five points. Okay, let me review again, or, or four points. Go to the church. Going to church shows your family that God is important. Reason number two: Husband, learn God's word through the church. Reason number three: Wives. Benefit from the husband under the authority of the church. Reason number four, the church encourage and guide those who are what? Married.